Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Bronson Duke here along with Austin McCaskill. How you doing, Austin? Doing much better than I deserve. We're doing well, thank you. That is good to hear. Well, y'all welcome in uh, midweek Bible study with myself and Austin. And today uh, we are going to hopefully be finishing out uh, the book of Philippians in Philippians chapter four. We've been studying this together as a community. And uh, something I'd love to to ask everybody who's listening in to consider, y'all, we, we are in uh, trying times. Um, something that I've always said is that the church thrives in seasons of adversity. And so I believe uh, that we're going to thrive through this season. But what I know is that uh, members of our community uh, are struggling. And so uh, here's a question that that I've got. Uh, If you look at your life right now, would you say that that you're on track with where you want to go? Do you you feel like that you're in the fight or do you feel like maybe you've been on the sidelines? Uh, do you feel like you're running the race? Uh, because we believe that God has called us into the race. And I think sometimes this can be a place where we feel condemnation, but we believe that God leads us with his grace into it. And so this morning, uh, Austin is going to be teaching through a lot of this, and we're going to be talking through a lot of this. And so I'm excited to get into it. Uh, let's kick it off, Austin. Would you mind reading uh, Philippians 4, verse 1? Sure. Uh, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. That's good. Interesting verse. Uh, The, uh, you know, Paul has Paul, I think, has a closer friendship with the people in this church than probably any other church he's planted. He's Mm -hmm. relaxed with these people. Uh, He loves them. I I can just uh, see him wanting to hug everybody in the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, you know, stay true to the Lord. And the idea there is, you know, keep standing up for the Lord. Just keep walking and doing what you've been doing. Uh, He says, I love you and I long to see you, dear friends. Then he says, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Uh, As we know, this letter talks a whole lot about joy. And Paul gets happy just thinking about this church Mm. Uh, because they encourage him. And uh, I think it's a, a, a good principle for us here that uh, we need to encourage uh, our pastors, and it encourages our pastors when we walk with the Lord, but we need to tell them uh, that we appreciate them. And I want to say, I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I can I really do. Uh, but it's uh, pastoring is often a thankless job, and it's a job like a teacher where everybody thinks they could do it better than you do. Uh, and uh, so I just want to say I, I appreciate you, and 
I hope that we in the church will be a joy for you. Well, I, I can I can echo that. You know, for me, my greatest joy as a pastor and as a leader is to see other people in our church thrive in their relationship with Christ. Uh, I love to see people overcome adversity. I love to see people walk through life uh, with joy. And you know, I think something's interesting uh, in this passage that that you point out is that this isn't future. This is present tense. Uh, the Philippians have brought uh, Paul joy and sense of accomplishment in the present. And I think so often uh, in our relationship with Christ, we can get tempted to get all future oriented. It's like all the good stuff is in the future and we just kind of got to grind through this. And I think that sentiment is, is a little less prevalent in the church uh, than what it used to be. But I do think sometimes, man, we can get in this place where we miss that uh, joy is not necessarily circumstantial, uh, but something that flows out of a relationship with, with Christ. Well, and, and he goes, joy, and as you say, that's present, and the crown I receive for my work. Now, we could look at that as, you know, being the crown uh, that comes at the uh, mm -hmm. judgment when we receive our rewards, uh, but it's in the present tense. The word crown there is not the word of a crown for royalty. It's a word uh, for the crown that is used, is given to somebody when they win a race. Uh, the Olympics are still going on at this time, went on till three or 400 BC. And uh, I mean, eight from like six or 800 BC to four, about around 400 AD. And uh, uh, the, reward for winning would be a crown that would go on your head, a wreath. And that's the word that Stephanos, we get our word Stephen from that, our name Stephen from that. Uh, and Paul is saying that, uh, you know, it, as he looks at them, he can think, yes, it worked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and so it gives him uh, incredible joy that, it's been worth the sacrifice. It's been worth the beating. It's been worth the throwing in jail because these people are walking with the Lord. Yeah. Like, so to review here, um, Austin, I, I actually always, when I thought about this, I thought him being uh, in, in prison in Philippi, right? Uh, isn't that, I, I believe when we were first talking through it and now what, what we see is that he's actually in house arrest in Rome, correct? That is correct. He was in, uh, roughly speaking, he was in Philippi and he was jailed in Philippi in around 50 AD. And that's when he started the church there with the Philippian jailer and, uh, and others there. But um, this is probably 62, uh, 10, 12 years later. And he is in Rome in um uh, I wouldn't say in prison. He's shackled to a guard in a private dwelling where he can meet with people, but he's uh, chained to a Roman guard 24-7. Yeah, and we talked about this in the first week, which is not in the podcast. You would have had to catch this live, but we talked about how Paul really exemplifies in the book of Philippians that uh, you can turn literally anything into a platform for ministry. And so Paul takes prison 
uh, if we were preaching right now, we'd say your prison could be a platform. And uh, Paul used his, his prison being in chains, being chained to a garden. He evangelized and he shared. And so, uh, you know, that same question is, I think a lot of times I know for me, when I go through hard times, I can almost think, oh, well, I need to put my uh, outworking of my faith on pause. And I really need to get insulted, you know, focused on myself. And I need to get this figured out. And I think for Paul, he goes through hard times and he never loses the mission. Uh, the, the guy just never gave up. Um, me, uh, you know, Austin, do you, do you garden? No, I have a black thumb. Okay. Well, I've got the plant for you, Austin. It's called a yucca. All right. And you cannot kill a yucca. How do I know this? Callie and I transplanted one from our backyard uh, to our front yard. And it was big and it was beautiful. And uh, about a week and a half in, so basically they look like small palm trees is what they look like. And about a week and a half in, literally the top half, the the part with the green broke off of the base. Like it just cracked. And so we're like, well, this thing's done. And us being such great gardeners, I just left the stump there. And guess what? Now uh, that stump has shoots growing out of it. And, uh, you know, I saw that and it made me think we need to be like yuccas. Like no matter what we're in, no matter what we go through, we're still going to make, we're, we're still going to figure out a way to thrive and to grow. And uh, for leaders who are listening in, you're not always going to be planted into the best circumstances. In fact, more often than not, I found myself in trial. Uh, but I think one of the secrets to life as a Christian, secrets to leadership, whether that's in the church or out, it's all ministry, is to keep showing up. And so my encouragement is be like a yucca. Uh, Austin, you'll, you'll ha- I'll have to, I- I'll just break something off and go throw it in your yard. It'll put roots down. Well, the only thing that I have like that that I've ever been able to grow is bamboo. And the fact and is, you can't get rid of bamboo. It's, you know, we've got a stand of bamboo. I could make a hundred fishing poles right now. Let's go. Uh, and it would, you know, just cut it down and it will come right back. Uh, Paul, Paul just exemplifies the type of person who just won't go away. Yep. You know, I think there were probably some officials at the time who wanted him to go away. Um, but Paul was also so uh, gracious in the way that he leads. He, he was strong. Um, he challenged. But it's like we saw in chapter one again. We're doing a little throwback. There, there were people who were criticizing Paul and uh, were using his imprisonment as as a way to uh, talk badly about him. And he even said there, hey, if Christ is being preached, whatever, which was, I, I think that's so hard. Like we live in a, in a time and it's not as bad as it used to be, but where churches, man, just used to go after each other. And I think Paul does a great job of, of modeling that. Um, but, you know, there always is going to be uh, discord in the church. And we see that here in the book of Philippians. Yeah, as you look at verse uh, verses uh, two and three, Paul says, says, now I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked 
hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Can you say Eodia and what was the second one? Uh, Syntyche. Can you say that five times fast? Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, we have names that have, I mean, have meaning. And in Greek, that's often the case. Uh, Euodia, you means good, and hodos is the word for road or path. So her name means good path. Uh, Syntyche means accident. It's like her parents were not expecting her. <laughs> she, she, she's an accident. If she was born today, her name would be Oopsie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the parents had a little Oopsie. Syntyche. Uh, Syntyche sounds better than Oopsie. But the thing that's really strikes me is that it must have been a, a a disagreement that lots of people in the church knew about because Paul calls them by name. I mean, we know about it now. And, you know, quite the I, disagreement to have your name recorded for eternity in scripture as being somebody who couldn't get along with somebody else. <laughs> I mean, and, and uh, it's interesting Again, Paul uses these sports images that you don't always see. Uh, when he talks about them, they worked with me telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers. Um, the word, it does mean worked, and that's a good, uh, but, uh, that's a good translation. But it's, it's also the word you use in sports for wrestled. Hmm. Uh, you know, they, they struggled with this. They, they were hard struggling mm -hmm. to share the gospel and, um, uh, they weren't just, uh, folks that came along for the ride. Man, I think that's, I, I think it's interesting. I'm glad you bring that up because something that, that I've learned, um, as we've gone through this book is in the Greek, there's a lot of emotive language that sometimes like when we hear worked. We, okay, we think about work, but we really don't, it, it's not as emotive as the word uh, to wrestle or to strive, you know, th that, that sort of thing. And I think sometimes, Austin, I don't know if you would agree with this or disagree with this. I, I have a suspicion you'll agree. Um, but I think sometimes in our faith, um, we, we maybe lose the wrestling side and we just, we kind of want the blessing, uh, the happy side. Um, but I, I had somebody say to me once many times that, um, anything worth anything, uh, is, is usually worth fighting for and usually takes a little bit of, of effort. And so, um, I think the trap though, is I was talking with, with my, my friend, my, my pastor, Harry Bates this week. Um, and we were talking about grace driven effort. Um, so we don't work, uh, to earn God's love, we work because we are loved by God. Um, and this is kind of a, we, we don't have time to get all the way into it, but in Ephesians 4, it talks about how we're saved by grace for the good works that God laid out for us uh, beforehand. And uh, yeah, I think that um, we're saved by grace and then that outworks and that we get to be a part of God's plan and God's mission. And uh, there's there's wrestling involved in that. Oh yeah, it's and uh, yeah. I don't know. It fascinates me 
that God has chosen to make us a part of his plan for eternity. Mm -hmm. And uh, because like you say, in Ephesians 2.10, it talks about uh, we are his workmanship, you know, that, and the word there is like a poetic creation. The word is poema, mm -hmm. which uh, is where we get our word for poem, but it's a thoughtful creation uh, by a craftsman. And we're his workmanship. And then we're created to do these works that he's prepared beforehand for us to do. And so God has made a place in his eternal plan for each of us to have a part in that. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we pray, uh, it's not just that we pray because that's what we're supposed to do. It's we pray because God has made that part of his eternal plan mm -hmm. so that we are a part of the answer to that prayer because we prayed it. And mm -hmm. God made us apart from before the foundation of the earth. Um, you know, me, Austin, I, we're, we're recording on a Friday. This is going to be posted next Wednesday. And I think I'm going to talk about this um, at church this weekend, but you maybe heard it before, but like with our prayer life, um, if all of our prayers are answered, uh, Pastor Rick said this one time, uh, would, would your life be changed only? Or would the, would the world around you be changed? And, you know, I think that one of the amazing things about Christianity is that we're invited to be changed. Like God wants to change our lives in the best way. He loves us right where we're at. He loves us too much to keep us there. Um, but then he gets us on the track and he gets us a part of the mission. And so, again, just for anybody listening in, you know, my question for you is where are you at on the mission of God? Where are you at? in your place in building God's kingdom? And what are some things that could be derailing you? You know, we see here in the scripture uh, what's happening in Iota and Syntyche, or Oopsie, as we like to call her. Uh, they have a disagreement. And these are two people who previously were so effective in their ministry. Paul calls it out. Uh, but he's saying, hey, your disagreement, it's clear it's not just hurting them. It's actually hurting the church. Yeah, it's um, Paul wants to see the church join together in love. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, I'm going to just say it, there are people in the church that we may just have a totally different perspective from, and it's hard for us to get along with them. Uh, and as a pastor, I have had church members that I'll just have to say were that way. But God, the commandment is to love them. Mm. And, and he also, like with Yodi and Syntyche, says, I want you to be of the same mind with each other. I want you to learn how to think alike. Mm. And that is uh, a challenge. Yeah. Uh, but when we do that, it... Um, it is a testimony to the world that there's something bigger than just natural friendships here. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I mean, uh, you've heard the expression, uh, they'll know us by our love. Yeah. And uh, Jesus talked about how 
he wants us to be one so that the world would be able to uh, see him glorified because his people are getting along. And that's true in a lot of different areas. That's true between rich and poor. It's true between uh, black and white and Asian and all the other uh, races because uh, we... We've got to, we, we have a primary command to love each other. Yep. And I feel like we've got to be deliberate about that. Uh, and that to ask God to be, to bring people who are different from us into our lives, to listen to them and learn how they think so that we can think, uh, as as they think in ways that follow Christ so that we can do the same thing. And many times people from different cultures will have different perspectives on the, on the scriptures and there's a lot they can teach us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned when we lived in Albania, we, they had a whole different perspective. They had a different perspective on money because they didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And, they didn't have the safety nets we have uh, as far as um, the medical safety nets, the uh, Social Security, the Medicare, Medicaid. I mean, it was it was supposed they were supposed to have a medical system that worked, but it worked by bribes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the doctors would sometimes do operations that were totally unneeded because they got paid for it. And so they'd say, well, wow. person, you know. Uh, has appendicitis and needs to have the appendix removed. Wow, and, that's that's just crazy to think that that would that kind of stuff would still be happening. Oh, big time! I mean, I had a a, a, a good friend who's a pastor had some people on a retreat, and one of them, two of them got sick at their stomach. One of them got better, but the other one. Uh, they took the hospital and the doctor said, oh, it's appendicitis and we need to take the appendix out right now. Mm. And my friend, Chloe, the pastor, thought the doctor was lying. Wow. And he called the parents and he said, uh, she's sick, but I, she, and the doctor says she has appendicitis and, but I think he's lying. <laughs> and now Chloe walks with the Lord. It's not, you know, but. Uh, the parents said, well, whatever you think, and they put it back on him. And he made a decision not to have her have the surgery, and she was fine the next day. Wow. Uh, now, some of that may have been we got a bunch of us praying for her. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I was also praying for Clody for God to give him wisdom. Yep. Uh, and I was bad it wasn't my decision. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you learn things from being with people of a different culture yeah. and faith that they have in situations we never would face. Yeah, I, I think that's something that, um, again, I, you know, peace is, is great. Um, but I think that times of struggle um, kind of show what's in you. You know, we always teach it. Uh, you know, if you squeeze an orange, what's going to come out? 
orange juice. You know, you squeeze an apple, it's going to come out apple juice. If you get squeezed in bitterness and anger and uh, frustration comes out, that's what's in. And, uh, you know, that's not a time to be like, oh, woe is me. That's a time to say, okay, God, I need a, I need a refilling. And uh, we're, we're going to get into that more uh, here in a few. Um, but, you know, I think just to kind of wrap up this in, in verse two, in verse three, you know, my question for, for anybody listening would be, um, you know, are there any disagreements in, in your life that you need to sort through specifically with people within the church? Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's, that's very important. And so, uh, going to jump down to verse four, um, Austin, you want to read verse four and five? Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord's coming soon. Um, in the older translation, it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hmm. Um, and that can be a challenge for us. Uh, I'm glad it doesn't say feel like you're joyful all the time. <laughs> Uh, because it's uh, it's hard to make us feel a certain way. Yeah, that's uh, like that's like if we said, "Hey, you know, you're going through something hard and you're not happy. Um, something's wrong with you, right?" Um, no, that that's not what Paul's saying at all here. No, it's it's um, this is a a command. And I feel it, it seems like that with God's help, we can go ahead and say, God, I'm really not happy about this, but mm -hmm. my joy is in you. It's not in my circumstances. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can sing a praise song. We can uh, sing or read a psalm out loud. We can, there are lots of things we can do. Uh, to make a joyful noise to the Lord. And uh, that it does change us when we do that. Um, I mean, it, it shows you, I think with Paul, we're going to see a few things here, but uh, your theology, uh, what you think about God is very important when it comes to uh, our security and our ability to rejoice because um, Callie and I were talking about this recently. Um, you know, you find out in difficult times what your foundation is in. Uh, when you lose something, you're going to find out how much security you found in that thing. And I think what we're going to see with Paul, and we're going to continue to see as we go through this chapter, is that uh, he has got his security his joy wrapped up in the finished work of Jesus. And, uh, you know, the people that I respect the most in life, the people that I'm like, dude, I, what's on you, I want it, are people that I see go through hard times and maintain joy and care for others and gentleness. And, uh, you know, I've got a couple of friends I could think of. I got a buddy in Hong Kong. His name's Richard. Uh, our church knows him. Uh, what's up, Richard, if you're listening? Uh, but the guy will tell a story, you know, he, he has lived in like, you know, five to 700 square feet with four boys, his wife and his mother and father-in-law. And the guy is the most secure leader. Uh, he's 
full of faith. He's leading an amazing church. Um, but you know, he lives in a house the size of our living room and that's Hong Kong, Hong Kong, you know, it's just cramped space, but it goes to show you that circumstances don't set our, our joy. And, you know, I love that. And so Austin, you wrote in here an application question. Uh, do you really think God wants us to be full of joy and rejoicing all the time? Um, well, I mean, Paul does command us to rejoice. Mm. And I don't think it's, I think there is a difference between feeling joyful and rejoicing and, and, and telling the Lord, my hope is in you and telling yourself like in Psalm 42, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted Mm. in me? Hope thou in God, the help of thy countenance and thy God. I mean, he's, you know, uh, we talk to ourselves and we talk to God and we say, my, this is where my faith is. This is where I don't yeah. feel like it right now. Things are really lousy. Uh, but um, at the same time, I know that you're the Lord and that you love me and I'm thankful for that. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting if, if you study through the scripture, when they talk about soul, that's the seat of your mind, will, and emotions. And I think more often than not, uh, we tend to live and we let our mind, will, and emotions rule our life. And what the scripture talks about is how God breathed. So in, in the beginning, for man out of the clay, uh, he breathed life, he breathed spirit into the man, and he became a living soul. And uh, what we see, especially in the New Testament language, is that the spirit that God has put in us is supposed to rule over everything else. And so, you know, when we get saved, uh, that, that part that, that God put in us is, is what directs everything else. And I think so often uh, I get lost in my soul, in my mind, my will, my emotions. And I think this is a level of spiritual maturity that on the surface, it seems like, okay, uh, you know, we skip through this verse, right? always be full of joy. I say again, rejoice. Okay, cool. You know, what's the next thing, but and that that's got some depth to it. Um, because that's, that's a lot, that, that's a lot easier said than done sometimes. Oh, it's a whole lot easier said than done. And sometimes maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to, sometimes it takes me a while before we'll I edit can. it out. We'll edit it out. If it's not. Sometimes I just really be in a bad mood and I won't feel like rejoicing. I won't feel like being around people. Uh, I always tell my wife, I said, I'm in a bad mood. I'm sorry. This is not about you. Yeah. I always tell her, this is not about you. Yeah. So that she won't be worried about if she's done something. Yeah. Uh, you she know. just knows that you're in a funk. I've never experienced that, Austin. Uh, so I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that, uh, you know, God would, God would help you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's interesting. The next thing Paul says, let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Remember? Mm. And when you're down, you don't feel like being considerate. Um, and and this is a, a a word. It's not just being considerate. It's being 
reasonable. It's being thoughtful. It's being gentle with other people. It's not insisting on getting your own way. And um, Paul is saying, the Lord's coming soon, and it's going to be wonderful. And, um, you know, so uh, you need to you need to have this kind of an attitude of actually making yourself rejoice. And that can be a challenge, but there is no joy in selfishness. Mm. And, uh, you know, so when it says, let everyone see that you're considerate, that you're uh, patient with people, that you're gentle with people, uh, gracious and forgiving, all of that helps you to be joyful. You're stepping on my toes a little bit here, Austin. Um, uh, my my wife, when she listens to this, is going to laugh. So uh, a couple years ago, about two years ago, um, I went on vacation up to Vancouver with my buddy Tad and his wife, Nicole. And uh, before we had kids, any of us. And uh, Nicole is very conscientious. Like she just thinks about other people. And it blew me away. Like, and it really highlighted how little I considered, you know, what everybody else was wanting to do. And so after that, I used to go conscientious. Like anytime that was, that was my way of saying I'm intentionally trying to think of others. And so even when I'm not in a bad mood, my knee jerk has not been to consider others. Uh, But, you know, I do think that that's something again man, this is what I love about Jesus, like being a Jesus follower, is that that ethic translates. Like there is something within us, you know, God wove us together. Uh, There is something within us that knows that's true. Like that is an amazing thing to be considerate in all you do. Uh, And it's, you know, sure, some personalities are a little better at it. But man, that's that's what I love about being a Jesus follower is that's that's a great challenge uh, to look at life and say, man, am I being considerate? Because Austin, you know, I, 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 my lens is that you're a, a fairly considerate guy. Uh, this is something that I'm trying to grow in. So I'm, I'm going to pray for you on just how grumpy, you know, you, you get and uh, you just pray for me on on while I'm so full of joy all the time, just being more considerate. What do you think about that? Well, I can use prayer in both areas. <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, I think we all, our natural reaction is to put ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And one reason that God gives us a wife and kid, kids <laughs> that will know, uh, okay, that's just not going to work very well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you've just got to uh, you got to deal with it, and uh, and and deal with yourself, and make a decision. Okay, I'm gonna wash the dishes tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's tired. She's had a hard day. I've had a hard day too. But I'm gonna do my bit to help. Yeah, uh, and so we we get we we get to do things that we don't necessarily want to do unless you want to be the kind of guy who's just all the time expecting his wife to do everything and 
grumpy and manipulates by anger. And well, that kind of not much fun to be around, and they're not happy with themselves. So he, here's a section where I see the subversive nature of the kingdom of God in that uh, it doesn't operate the way that the rest of the world operates. And so I think the rest of the world says, you know, think about you. You do you, boo-boo. You know, like that. that's kind of uh, more and more, especially uh, as our world gets more and more secular, uh, it's, it's seeking self. You're seeking what's good for you. Um, but look, Matthew chapter 5, uh, the Beatitudes, he says, Jesus said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for them, for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, they'll be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they'll inherit the whole earth, the humble. Yeah. Uh, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they'll be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they'll see God. God blesses those who work for peace. For they'll be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You know, it's just, this is, none of that is the way that the world operates. The, the strong are blessed. Those who insist on, on their own way are blessed. Those who push, those who shove, those who uh, use their power. And uh, God, what I love is that in the way that he designed us, that is not the optimal way for a human being to live. Seeking what we want. The optimum way for us to live is for us to be considerate, for us to rejoice in hard times, for us to look for the good of others. And so, um, yeah, I love it. You you want to jump to uh, verse six? Yeah, uh, this is another area where Christianity really contrasts with the world. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Uh, this is one of my favorite passages. Uh, you know, uh, way I memorized it was be anxious for nothing. And worry is kind of a big deal, especially in a culture where at this point, you've got all this disease and you're worried if I go to the grocery store, am I going to, mm-hmm. am I going to give it to my parents or am I going to give mm-hmm. it to my kids or, you know, and you have all these things you can worry about. Uh, and Paul says, we don't need to worry. Uh, you know, I, I like that. You don't need to worry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now you could say, I mean, I, I've told people, well, you know, my worrying is really effective because it never happens. <laughs> All these things I'm worried about don't happen. So the worrying really worked. Uh, but but Paul is uh, saying here, hey, you know, don't worry about this stuff. Instead, pray about it. Pray about everything. And he says, tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. And, and just, then uh, that's a, a really good perspective when we're under uh, a whole culture of uncertainty, worldwide yeah. uncertainty. And 
uncertainty in uh, our own neighborhoods and uh, afraid that we might catch something or give something to somebody that, uh, and you have to say, if, if we can just, uh, it says in the Psalms, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. And uh, that's the idea. He's, he's going to take, he loves, he loves us enough to send his son to die for us. Oh, and it's enough to, to die on the cross for us. And, and so if he loved us that much, this other stuff is not a big deal to him. It makes me think about, you know, the story of, uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, he, uh, they say, you know, our God's going to take care of us, but even if, um, and, you know, so often we live in, if this happens, oh my gosh, versus even if this happens, God's with me. God's got a plan. He's still on the throne. And, uh, you know, what I love about the apostle Paul and Austin, I think that you'll, you'll agree with this is I just love how he builds his cases. Uh, he's like a lawyer, you know? So he says, uh, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray for everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so he's giving us this method. And what we're going to see is Paul is building an amazing uh, look at how to live full of joy in life. I really think from verse six, uh, I believe it's all the way down through verse 14. uh, Paul gives a great picture of how to live a full uh, life. And so, you know, application for this section, guys, uh, is there something that you're worrying about right now? What can you do about it? Uh, you know, Austin wrote in here, can you worry and have peace at the same time? What do you think about that, Austin? I've never figured out how to do that. (laughs) We need to pray more. Yeah. Uh, the, um, it is interesting to me that the word that starts off verse six, uh, is not just a word for don't. It's say it's a strong word. It's don't even think about it. It's like uh, it's it's not just don't do this. It's don't you ever do this. Don't worry. It's a it's yeah. a very emphatic word. And it doesn't uh, say just. It's it's not even. He says don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about. I mean, this is a to, a total like everything in life, which, I mean, that's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. And, um, I know that when I will try to do that, um, there is more peace. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, you just, uh, my retirement, I mean, like everybody's, I'm retired now and, uh, that, goes up and down big time. <laughs> and if I were depending on my wisdom for investments, uh, I would be worried. Um, but God's taken care of us for, we've been married uh, almost 50 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's taken us through some really good times and really hard times, but he's always taken care of us. And so, mm-hmm. um, and I went through a time for a, year and a half when my oldest daughter started college that I had 
my income dropped by 90%, and yet God took care of us. And I thought, if he can do that, he can get us through COVID and stock market and all that kind of stuff. And so, but it's because I had that experience that it's a whole bunch easier for me to say, okay, God, this is still in your hands. Yeah. Uh, and he has done uh, graciously with that. And, and Paul, as he is thinking about how God peace, it says it guards your hearts and your minds. It talks about what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And God will, as we do that and commit these things, cast our burdens on the Lord, uh, he helps us to feel more secure and peaceful, and he helps us in the way we think so that we can think, okay, God, you've been faithful in the past, and I can count on that. You've promised to be faithful. You're reliable. And so um, it's it's not just the way we feel, but the way we think that uh, he makes it work right. He guards that with his peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of, the thinking part uh, leads into the next few verses. Yep. Now, verse eight, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me think, what? do I like to think about? Hmm. And those things fit one of those that I think about fit those categories. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's the power. Your thought life is incredibly powerful. Um, You know, this this is a whole, we could do a whole section on this. Um, Dr. Caroline Leaf, um, she's got a number of books on the science behind what happens with toxic thoughts and negative emotions. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes people can think, you know, we just got to be positive and it's, it's not being positive. It's not putting your head in the sand and not seeing things. It's fixing your thoughts on what's true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely and admirable. And if you think about these things that are excellent, worthy of praise, that will bring peace into your life. And it's that same ethic, it's that same thing that we saw from the beginning, that shalom, uh, that, that peace, that favor of God uh, that, that Paul is, is teaching, right? Yeah, you know, the, um, it's interesting here because when we come to Christ, we get peace with God. In mm-hmm. other words, we're no longer enemies of God. We're members yeah. of God's family. Uh, but what Paul is talking here is not peace with God, but the peace of God. Mm. Uh, and that's a mental, emotional mindset that, uh, things that God is in control and that he's going to take care of us because he's a loving father. And so Thinking about these good things, uh, these good things are re- good things are reflections of God and God's character. 
Mm-hmm. And evil things are not reflective of God, and they don't give us his peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it impacts uh, the things we watch on TV, the things that we read, the things that we look on the internet, um, and all of these kind of things, in as much as they are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely, they reflect God mm-hmm. and his character of peace or shalom. Uh, and the other things don't, and they tend to leave us restless. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we had planned on getting through uh, 10 through 20, uh, 23, Austin, what do you say we go ahead and put a, a pin in this for this week and uh, we pick it up and finish it out next week? Sounds good. Okay. Well, next week, guys, we're going to continue. We're, at, we're actually going to finally close out uh, the, the book of Philippians. Um, this next part is, is one of my favorite parts. And so uh, we'll probably do a little bit shorter episode uh, next week. Um, but, you know, just a couple of application questions for you guys to think about as you go through your week, things to pray through. Um, you know, where are you at right now? Are you, are you sitting on the sidelines? Are you running the race um, when it comes to your relationship with Christ? Um, do you have any tensions or any disagreements with somebody, a brother or sister uh, in the church that you just can't, you can't seem to get along with? Um, is there anything that you could do? You know, Paul also teaches another place that we should keep peace as long as it's up to us. Um, You know, another question is uh, when it comes to joy, you know, do you believe that God wants you to be joyful, rejoicing all the time? What does that look like? Are there things you're worrying about, things you need to leave, uh, things that that you need to let go of and and trust him with? And the last thing, uh, what are you thinking about? What consumes your thought life? Um, Maybe you could go around and you could write on your mirror some things that you'd like to think about. And so when you brush your teeth, you start your day in that direction, or maybe in your office, um, you know, you could find a quote or something that helps you. Um, But the things that he tells us to think about are things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And my prayer for you, and I know Austin's prayer as well, is that the peace of God would cover your life. The favor of God would cover every area of your life. And so I'd love to pray that for you as we close out. So God, thank you for everybody listening in. Uh, God, we pray that that you would lead us on the path. God, we know that this is not a sprint, uh, but it's a marathon. It's, it's a long race. And so God, we ask that you would help us figure out what's one area, what's one area we could grow this week. And so God, I pray for anybody uh, who's full of anxiety and worry. God, I pray that right now they just breathe. Just breathe in and breathe out. Um, God, we know that you're with us. And so, God, I pray that right now, just wherever they're at, in their cars, and their homes, uh, God, they get a real sense of your peace and your presence with them. And so, Jesus, we love you. Uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you breathed this word. You gave us this word. And, uh, God, I pray that uh, you would use it to build up our lives and Uh, Yeah, so Jesus, we love you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.